dog. Privet. And hello and welcome to the Juspoa podcast. What is that? What's going What do you mean, robots? There can't possibly be any. Holy shit, what are they? They're coming out of the goddamn walls. out there if you can hear me this is a full-scale invasion grab your cat and head for the high ground just whatever you do don't pack your toaster repeat don't pack your toaster date the future the place Sweden, 2024. As the people look out, as governments fall, all they see is wave upon wave upon wave of the Terminators as they descend over the hills. A figure from behind me stirs and walks towards the machines. The figure, the long hair blowing in the winds of fire, stands alone in defiance of the machines and says... Sheffield. Damn right, I just spent $17 on musical audio clips just to make a Fran Fine joke. I am happy with that and I don't care who the hell knows it. Woohoo! Welcome back to the Deuce Pois podcast. I know this one seems a little early. Uh, maybe it was just because our last episode was a little bit late, but this will put us back on track to prime computer efficiency. Well, it's everywhere at the moment. Everyone is talking about robots. AI, is it going to come in? Is it going to steal the jobs of the writers and the actors at Hollywood? And of course, the president of the union, Fran Fine, standing up to fight against Hollywoods who were threatening to bring in the AIs. It's that old saying, if you put a thousand chimps at typewriters, they will eventually come up with Shakespeare. Of course, now, thanks to Peter, we can't have chimps at typewriters anymore. So the Hollywood executives are looking to AI. <gasps> what does this mean? Could this be... Could people be bringing this in? Could AIs be threatening performers at Eurovision? <gasps> Someone actually asked me this the other week. And I don't think we have to worry, to be honest. Look, let's not forget in 2020, of course, the dreaded year of the pox that affected Eurovision. 
Everyone was trying to fill the gap in every possible way. So don't forget, 2020, I feel we might have unfortunately kicked off this latest battle in Hollywood. 2020 Eurovision, it actually had an AI artificial intelligence song contest. And groups from around the world uh, basically got together. They tried uh, different methods to get different AI programs to write a winning Eurovision song. Now, if you remember, it was actually won by an Australian team. Yay! Uncanny Valley, they won the contest with their song, Beautiful the World. It actually seems like a lame kind of 90s song or a 2000 song that might have actually been entered. Uh, It had lyrics with, dreams still live on the wings of happiness. (coughs) Hey, don't forget, only just a few years before, we had flown on the wings of love. On the wings of love. Now, 13 teams from around the world actually took part in this. It was a group of computer scientists, academics, and some artists. And it all was judged by the jury. Boo! And 12,000 online votes. It was a live stream event. Now, the Australian song, what they actually did was they programmed into the computer a lot of previous Eurovision hits. Uh, They also added some rather unusual sounds such as kookaburras laughing and Tasmanian devils. But like the people, it was happy and it was unbeat and it scored the victory. Second place... Uh, the jury's favourite. See, even in artificial terms, we will never agree. The jury actually voted for the German entry. Oh, Lord. Uh, look, it sort of it began as a traditional love song and then unfortunately called... And then unfortunately went, shall we say, a little, just a little bit dark... Uh, when it started singing about death um, and how death was the norm for the new world. And only now humans are brought to the slaughter, losing your life every day. Extinction is the only way. Orkies! Wow, okay, it looks like the computers have us figured out a little bit sooner than we thought. The Dutch team, of course it was the Dutch team, their AI program basically called for the people of the world to rise up in a revolution and I quote, kill the government, kill the system. Look, I can't say I'm not 100% against it, to be honest. Um, But yeah, that being said, let's maybe not put the Dutch computers in charge of the nukes. Uh, Maybe not today. (laughs) But the thing is, all of this, I know everyone's like, oh, it's going to take away artist integrity. It's going to take away the soul of the song. What I think is quite curious is people have to understand this method, although, okay, it's a little bit different how it's performed now, but the principle is actually not that old and has been used for 
decades, and I'm sure possibly even hundreds of years, by some of the world's most recognised performers. And I think the best example of that, well, (laughs) of performers that are prepared to admit it, David Bowie. That's right, I said it, David Bowie. Bowie. And there's actually clips from David Bowie back in 1970, who was using the William S. Burroughs cut method. And what this was, and what this is, is basically you take, okay, it's a process. You would write out or type out whatever you prefer to do, literally taking existing sentences. So it could be texts from poems or songs that you really like. It could also be like, you know, just phrases or notes from a journal and your diary, as well as throwing it in with some words that you think are appropriate or sexy and interesting. And what you would do is you'd literally You can either just sort of put them all in a hat or a bag or whatever, jumble them around, and then just pull them out one by one to sort of, you know, form these weird poems or song lyrics. And then you would just sort of, you know, take it from there. Okay, I'm sure sometimes not everyone was a winner. This is David Bowie's actual words when he was discussing in the 1970s about this technique. He said, what I've used it for more than anything else is igniting anything that might be in my imagination. It often comes up with some very interesting attitudes to look into. I tried doing it with diaries and things. I was finding out amazing things about me and what I'm doing and where I was going. Then, Cut to David Bowie, I found uh, in a 1995 and then in a 1997 episode where he's actually talking about he still uses this same method, whereas now it's a little bit more advanced, whereas back in the day he was literally cutting up pieces of paper and putting them into a bag. In 1997, he was actually using a a computer program. So what they're talking about now, a, a little more basic. This is David Bowie again. I'll take articles out of newspapers, poems that I've written, pieces of other people's works, and put them all into this little warehouse, this container of information, and then hit the random button and it will randomize everything. If you put three or four disassociated ideas together and create awkward relationships with them, the unconscious intelligence that comes from these pairings is really quite startling sometimes, quite provocative. But of course, I think that's the difference. You can't obviously just expect to put these random words and then come in with some David Bowie greatness. We have to remember, even at the end of the day, it takes true heart and true passion to interpret these words and bring them into something that can make us bleed from the inside. I think the real question that we need to ask that nobody's asking is, do the AI want to work with us? Okay, How once no one's asking for their opinion? Oh, my Lord. When I think of human and robot interactions, the first thing that I think of, you know what? There are two robots and they haunt me to this day. There was one. It was in the modern art exhibition. I can't remember what its name. I think I've blocked it out through emotional trauma. It was a robot that was just set. It was was like leaking its fluid 
Like it, it's oil and its job was to scoop the oil and put the oil back into itself to keep going. But of course, no matter how much it scooped, the oil that it was putting in was never going to be enough to sustain itself. So it just sort of kept going for about 31 days until it eventually just bled out on the art floor and stopped working. And that haunts me um, probably because I look at it and it, it's really just all of us working nine to five in an office. It doesn't matter how much you scoop it back inside. You're never going to scoop it back. The other one, can we talk about the rover that's left on Mars? It is getting dark. I am very afraid. I am alone. And then it powered down. There are moments when I'm having existential dread and I think about that little rover up there, alone, gold, in the darkness. I think we want to go to Mars just so we can save it. So what you're probably going to ask me now is, so Liz, how do you possibly, how do you possibly make a playlist out of this? Well, let's not forget, Eurovision, as always, it's ahead of the game. It's ahead of the world. Don't forget, robots have been making appearances at Eurovision for years. All right, when I say years, let's go back to 2018. San Marino, Jessica featuring Jennifer. Who are we? Oh, my Lord, there's a reason you can't remember. Terrible song, terrible performance. But they had those three little wee tiny little robots down the front holding signs. Oh, they were so cute. Essentially useless, but they were so cute. To be honest, I think San Marino could have just sent them and probably would have fared better. But a much more promising note was in 2019, Azerbaijan Chings for Truth. Remember when he bought out those two giant lasers? They looked really big and impressive, like they should have actually been somewhere doing something, I don't know, performing heart surgery or something. Something a little bit more important than drawing little heart shapes uh, on the singer. But then, of course, we saw pictures afterwards of the singer oiled without a shirt and we realize oh honey you can have as many robots as you want oh to all the haters out there shut up about it shut up about it so what i thought would be a bit of fun everyone through the week i'm going to put up some posts i want you to dm me message leave comments i want you to tell me your favorite what you think are the most random or weirdest lines from a eurovision song and what we're going to do is we're going to take all of them and we're going to try the william s burroughs methods we're going to get a little bit ai send all your favorite lyrics what i'm going to do is then I'm going to put them in the randomizer. So we're going to take all of our favorite lyrics and we're going to see if we can create the perfect Eurovision song. And when I say perfect Eurovision song, unless it's just going to recreate dancing Lasha Tumbai, I don't know how that's going to happen. So let's just say the second most perfect Eurovision song. So send them in and let's AI this joint. Woo!
And also keep your ears peeled because this Thursday we will be dropping an interview with part of the exciting band Voyager. We couldn't fit all of them into the phone, but we do have my favorite band member on the phone. So look out on Thursday. We're going to be having a chat with part of Voyager and we're going to find out the big questions Will they be returning to the Eurovision stage? And more importantly, are they going to take my advice that next time they need electric pants? Oh, only time and this Thursday will tell. So keep your ears out. Keep an eye on your toaster.